Hello, my loves. Welcome to Full Ass Human, the podcast. My name is Melanie Holst Collins, known as Mel the Oracle. I'm a multidimensional healing facilitator, mentor, deep music lover, tea enthusiast, and a dope human being. This podcast is space for you to prioritize being for a living. We explore the depth and vastness of humanness from my own personal experience, as well as through general life themes we all experience like self-growth, relationships, spirituality, sexuality, emotional and mental wellness, and so much more. So if you yearn for soulful, expansive connection and conversation and desire to live deliberately, I'm your people. This is your vibe. So come through. Tune in and vibe with me. Hello, my loves. Welcome back. How's your heart? How's your spirit? What do you need right now? I'm going to open this episode with a couple little announcements, and then I'm going to start this series called Let Me Read to You, and I'm going to read a little passage to you from a book that I'm currently reading and just chit chat about my own reflections and how I see myself reflected in the words that I share. So I'll talk about the book in just a moment. But for announcements, I have a couple. So I introduced this new idea that I'm planning to roll out. Um, I shared this idea with my email list this morning. Usually if I'm going to do something new or sometimes when I'm releasing podcast episodes, I will release them and share that information with my email list first. So if you're not on my email list, there's a link to get on that in uh, the show notes But I shared this idea that I'm going to start this series on the podcast called Personals with Mel. And in this series, I'm going to begin inviting my audience and dedicated listeners to have one-on-one intimate conversations with me that I will then turn into podcast episodes. And there's a couple reasons why this is exciting to me and something that I want to do. One, I love talking to you, but I deeply enjoy talking with you. And this podcast is called Full As Human, and a part of the human experience is relation, relating, and connecting and connection. And as long as I've been growing this online and digital presence and audience, as long as I've been facilitating sacred spaces for people in my immediate community and beyond, I've spoken with so many people in my DMs and also have had so many requests from you all to want to talk to me or pick my brain or just have a conversation or get advice. And I haven't always had the time, the space or the capacity, or I had programs or things that I was selling at the time. So I was always wanting to lead people into one of those spaces versus just talking you know, to people for free. That was kind of the space that I was in at that time. So my boundaries 
around that were a little different. Now, I'm not saying I won't have boundaries with this because it will be a selective process, but this is kind of the opportunity for me to connect with you all and for your voices to be shared in this safe space and for us to relate and connect. So instead of you all just looking at me on a screen talking to you, something like an Instagram live or me just talking to you as I do on this podcast, um, we're going to be connecting with each other and I'll be talking with you. Also, I was very clear when I started my podcast that this isn't a business promoting come on here and talk about your your book or your work or, you know, your programs or your courses or to promote your products or, you know, uh, show your or share your professional expertise. That is not this type of podcast. There are more than enough of those out there. I knew that when I started this, that if And when or when and if I chose to bring guests, it would only be about connecting human to human and sharing the experience of navigating this human journey and creating a synergy of wisdom and insight and actualization and reflection through that conversation. So this feels very organic and exciting. Like I said, this will be a selective process. So here's how it will go. If you are interested in being considered for this series with me, send me a direct message. That's a DM, you know, Gen Z. A direct message is a DM. <laughs> ah, I just cracked myself up. Um Send me a direct message to the podcast Instagram. So that is at full as human podcast and share a few quick sentences about why you would like to join me in this series or have a conversation with me and then give me three possible topics that you would want to talk about. From there, I'll set up like a five to 10 minute chat with you. It's like a vetting process. And then I will choose one of the three topics and then we'll go from there. This will be something that I will start getting guests for and recording for now, but it'll be something that will release. This will be a series that will be released on the podcast in the fall season. I also want to, this is the second thing I wanted to say, just to kind of break down to you all how this podcast is working. So I did decide to do this podcast as seasonal and I broke it down into the four seasons. So right now I wanted to start my podcast. I started it on the summer solstice, bringing in the summer season. So this is technically season one of my podcast is the summer season. The next will come um, at the equinox, the autonomal equinox. What did I say? Did I say it right? In the fall, y'all. And this will represent the fall season. And then there will be a winter season. And then there will be a spring season. So 
cycles and living cyclically is very important for me as a human, as a Virgoian, and absolutely as a woman. I like to follow, move, and flow and work with my inner seasons as well as the seasons that we all experience externally. And so that's why my podcast is broken up into those four seasons. So this will be something that once we transition into fall around September 22nd, then I will start rolling out these personals with Mel episodes. All right. Boom. So that's what I wanted to say for announcements. All right. So let's get into this series. Let me read to you. Y'all know I've been really wanting to tap into this instrument, which is my voice and reading to you is such an intimate practice. If you ever had someone read to you, maybe you're sitting next to them on the couch, maybe you're in a classroom, maybe you're in a bathtub and they're sitting on the toilet seat reading to you and creating this vibe for you can y'all tell like I drifted off for a second I've never had anyone read to me while I was in a bath and it is absolutely like this dream and fantasy of mine it feels very romantic it feels very nurturing and like poetic so I'm just you know throwing that out there But I imagine me sitting in a chair or on the toilet or next to you reading to you and letting my voice allow you to drift, but also to help you, you know, sink in and get the wisdom and the gems and the medicine of what I'm reading to you. So I'm currently reading. I have like a few pages left, maybe a chapter or so left. This book called Becoming the One, and I'm going to butcher her name, but it's okay. I mean, no disrespect. So it's called Becoming the One, Heal Your Past, Transform Your Relationship Patterns, and Come Home to Yourself by Sheliana Ayana. She's the founder of Rising Woman, y'all. If you are on Instagram, you probably come across someone sharing one of her kind of like quote infographics. Um, It's at Rising Woman on Instagram. I have really enjoyed her work over the years because she talks a lot about healthy and conscious relationships with others, but also how you practice that same way of being in relationship with and to yourself. So this book, Becoming the One, is really all about Like she said, healing your past, transforming your relationship patterns and coming home to yourself. So this one that we're often taught and conditioned to look for is who we become through this process of healing. And I don't know that I am necessarily the target audience for this book, but there are a lot of gems And a lot of good information that I've been able to take from it. And I really do enjoy it. And I actually do recommend the book. I have talked a bit about being a healing, recovering perfectionist. And actually through this process of starting and continuing to keep this momentum 
and dedication and devotion to my podcast, I am actually healing that wound. And I'm going to read a little passage about that because as I've shared my podcast and people have been giving feedback, a lot of people have said that their favorite episode, and I believe it's episode one where I'm talking about my three-day pilgrimage from Texas to Minnesota, they've talked about their favorite, that being their favorite episode, and specifically me talking about this perfectionism wound because a lot of us have it. A lot of us are navigating through it. A lot of us can identify with perfectionism. And it it affects us so much deeper than we can think. And the root of it is so much deeper than we can think. I mentioned in that episode that perfectionism is rooted in the core belief that I'm not good enough. And that's a deep rooted core belief. So I'm going to read a little passage about that to you and then we'll chat about it. But this book, y'all, there are so many places in this book where I see myself almost word for word when she's talking about these different relationship patterns and and identifying your projections and things. Oh, there was one part of this book where she was talking about, let me see if I can find it. Ooh, she was talking about relationships, relationship patterns, and she mentioned the anxious avoidant dance. And it took me back to my last serious relationship that I've actually gleaned on and talked about quite a bit um, on social media around the time that it was happening. And you know, I really just talked about the significance, like not what happened or all that, but I really talked about the significance and and shared a lot of my feels and what I was learning for myself, what I was letting die and all of that. But she really talked about this anxious avoidant dance, y'all. Ooh, and I saw myself in it. I was definitely the anxious one. And she talked about how her and her husband would do this dance. So they would have a conflict, they'd both get emotionally dysregulated, and things would escalate and her husband would pull away. And she would be the one who would lean in harder, making demands to let's talk about this now let's let's clear this let's get to the bottom of this let's get to the root of it come on let's, let's talk about it let's process let's get through the conflict. And, you know, for him, it would be too soon. But for her, she, right, she internalized, I must be the one that sees this clearly, like I'm the conscious one, because I'm ready to talk about this right here and right now. And he is the one who is completely avoiding this. He doesn't want to do the work. He doesn't want to, you know, (laughs) be better. He doesn't want to show up. And she talked about feeling very high and mighty. And it almost turned into like this picking or this nagging thing because she was ready to process it. He wasn't. And then she thought that she was the righteous and conscious one because she was ready right here and right now. And he wasn't. And she just kind of talked about how it's completely incorrect to think that the other person doesn't want to do the work or they're not as serious about this, or that you are the better, more evolved, conscious one, because right here and right now you want to process. There 
can be a wound present in both. And it was just really interesting, y'all. I'm not going to give away the whole thing, but I saw myself like completely naked and raw when she talked about that. Uh, It was that was completely I was her. I was definitely her in that dynamic. But for what I'm going to read to you all today is underneath the it's the chapter, chapter 10, compassionate self-awareness. And this is, again, really shining a bright light on how perfectionism is a wound and a pattern that can shove itself into our relationships. It doesn't have to just be romantic, but definitely romantic. And so I'm going to read just a couple pages right before I'm going to read like a page or so right before I get to this exact passage about healing your inner perfectionist. So I'm going to start with our patterns change when we do. Many of us resist doing accountability work because it's so confronting and often brings with it a spiral of shame and self-judgment. But it's possible to take responsibility for our part in the pattern from a place of self-love and witness ourselves as though we are a loving parent raising an innocent child. While taking ownership for your mind, emotions, and behaviors might sting at times, the gift is that you are rightfully returned to a position of authority in your life. If we don't take ownership for our patterns, we may feel temporary comfort wrapped in a blanket of blissful ignorance. But that also means we are destined to run on the same loop, believing if only we can find the right person, things will change. Things don't change until we do. And knowing that we have a part in our relationship patterns means we have the ability to change them. This work is vital for anyone who wishes to be a conscious partner, a caring friend, and an integrated human being in their community. It isn't easy to admit that sometimes we may be the ones who are overly critical. Ooh, me. Harsh, aggressive, dismissive, avoidant, controlling, domineering, defensive, or harmful. It's equally challenging to forgive ourselves for welcoming unsafe people into our lives. But the truth is we all have the capacity to cause pain and heartache. Every single one of us. We cannot hold ourselves in purgatory forever. We must gather our lessons and try again. Tend to your emotional body with kindness as you uncover aspects of your personality that may have been hiding in the shadows. And remember that taking ownership does not mean you are a bad person. Self-awareness is how we step into confidence, emotional maturity, and leadership in our lives and within our communities. Shining a light within. Within each of us, there are parts of ourselves we'd rather deny or cover up because we believe they're unlovable, unattractive, or threatening to our survival. 
Our emotional programming is an aspect of this repression. We take cues from the world around us about what's acceptable and what's not. And we conform to those standards, distancing ourselves from certain sides of our personality. As a result, we tend to relegate the parts of ourselves we're least in touch with to the basement of our mind. When we're entirely disconnected from our own rejected parts, they come out sideways, wreaking havoc on our relationships and causing us to feel embarrassed when they unexpectedly surface. We may get stuck in reactionary mode, responding to our big emotions from an immature and wounded place, lashing out at others or the world around us, unable to cope with the intensity that rises within us. With accountability work and self-awareness, we can see what lies within and become more emotionally grounded, freeing us to navigate the world in a more harmonious way. (laughs) You're going to hear the pages turn. (laughs) This also allows us to witness our inner perfectionist in moments of stress and overwhelm with more compassion, One step at a time, we shift into a more relaxed state of being and become at peace with who we are. Now, this is the part, y'all. Healing our inner perfectionist. Perfectionism is not the same as being ambitious or a high achiever. Perfectionism is an exhausting pursuit that never ends because we are under the belief that nothing we do is ever good enough and we are constantly overwhelmed by a fear of failure. The fear says, if I fail, I am not worthy of love. This all-consuming pattern of leaving behind our needs and desires to prioritize the approval Praise or validation of others is a form of self-abandonment. Perfectionism can also be projected outward in our relationships, leading us to be highly critical and put a lot of pressure on our significant others to measure up to an impossible standard. Oof. Freeing ourselves from perfectionism is vital to living a life of joy and creativity, which is all about taking risks and being open to the possibilities of life. We can't walk through a door to the unknown if we're confining ourselves and others to rigid and unsustainable standards. Signs of perfectionism. Being hypercritical of self and others. Struggling to celebrate your own achievements or wins because you believe they're not good enough. Feeling like you'll never measure up. Comparing yourself to and competing with others. Feeling constant pressure to perform, do better, be better. Struggling to rest, slow down, relax, and surrender. At the heart of any perfectionist wound is often a fear that if we slow down or let go of control, we might have to feel something we've been avoiding or discover that our worst fears about ourselves are true. 
Perfectionists can be deeply self-critical, but can also defend themselves from intimacy and deep connection by being overly critical of others, saying, in effect, if there's always something to pick apart, then I don't have to go too close or get too close to you at the risk of being hurt. Ooh, it takes such courage to admit that we may be responsible for keeping love at a distance or even sabotaging our relationships. If you see yourself in the perfectionism wound, this is an invitation to take a breath and let yourself be beautifully imperfect and a wonderful human being that you are. Life isn't meant to be controlled and neatly organized. We need to slow down and be willing to allow our true selves to come forward without judgment or impossible standards. Ooh, y'all. Okay, there's so much. The first thing that I want to acknowledge is that she named this chapter Compassionate Self-Awareness. And in this chapter about compassionate self-awareness, she brings up this perfectionism wound. And that makes so much sense because from what she described, right, there's often this fear that if I show that I am imperfect, I may be unlovable or I may be viewed as unlovable and sometimes when you are going down this process of gaining self-awareness or self-reflection even though you might have a strong here's the thing and let me just speak about it for me personally self-reflection and introspection and like all of this is a part of my daily life I'm always like deep in self-awareness and not compulsively, but I'm just saying this is a part of my life. So this has never been, this is not something that I shy away from or that I designate to certain periods or eras. This is every day. And even in understanding the importance of that and embodying that and practicing that because of this core belief that I have, of not being good enough, which expresses itself as perfectionism, I still have this fear of other people. And 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 to add, I'm transparent with y'all all the time. If you've been rocking with me for a while, I'm transparent. I talk about, you know, the bullshit that I be on. I talk about the things that I go through. I talk about when I'm not good. But this is me pushing through this wound. Because even though I'm aware of the deep medicine and importance of this self-awareness, there is still this 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 narrative and this voice that says, yeah, but you know, when you show that, right, um, they is very possible and highly possible and really probable that you're going to be deemed as unlovable. You know that, right? They're not going to want you, right? You know, they're not going to want to be with you, right? And so it's like fighting these two different programs and knowing that one is a narrative that is completely untrue, but it's so deep rooted that sometimes it's hard to fight. 
sometimes it's hard to override. So sometimes when you're enmeshed, you know, in not enmeshed, but when you're engulfed in self-awareness, it can spark up this feeling of self-judgment of being self-critical because you're like, wait, but I can't, I can't, I have to be the one that is like (laughs) together and right and perfect and has everything. Like I have to be that otherwise, you know, it's like, uh, otherwise uh, everyone's going to see that I'm not good enough. Everyone's going to view me as unlovable. So it's, it's these two programs that, you know, constantly you're, you you move between, which is why compassionate self-awareness is such a fitting title for this and for this discussion about perfectionism to be under this, this chapter. Because sometimes in this practice of self-awareness, it can bring up, it can rub up really hard against this wound. Like I was saying, you know, in this situation with my ex where, like, like this anxious avoidant dance, you know, he had called me out one time on something that was really, like, related to that kind of anxious type of relationship pattern. And it was so raw and it was so, like, oh, my God. And probably for, like, the first 30 minutes I was in denial about it. But I sat by myself and then I came to him and was like, yo, you're right. Like, this is this is definitely a trash pattern that has been around well before you. And, ooh, it took me so much. Like, It took me so much to say that because in the back of my mind, looking at him in his eyes and admitting that what he said was true, sent me into this. So now he he sees me as not good enough. Now that I've admitted to this, now that, you know, he knows that I'm aware of this, I'm no longer good enough for this. And so this is where like being compassionate when you're in this process of self-awareness is such, it's so imperative. Uh, So anyway, I'm not going to go too much deeper into that, but I just wanted to, you know, maybe that's something that you notice for yourself in relationships, whether romantic or friendship or familial, because it's not even always about not having the willingness to see yourself. That's usually never what it's about. I always and I'm sure you too want to confront my shadows to confront the shit that you know maybe I have been in denial about or maybe I just haven't wanted to fully face up until the moment that it comes up to like yeah it's time for you to face this now that willingness is always there but the willingness rubs up against the wound and it comes forward as you know, self-criticism as fear of someone seeing you. (sighs) Sorry, y'all, I got a little emotional, but as someone seeing you that naked and that raw and what that now means because of this program that's been running in your head for years and decades that if I'm not perfect I 
I'm going to lose people. (sighs) So, if you are someone that resonates deeply with what I've read and what I'm saying, I wanted to read this to you because this is a wound that we need to tend to. For our sake, for our relationship with ourselves, to rebuild this compa- this process of compassionate self-awareness, but also to really dive into this awareness for how we are relating to other people and the way that we, you know, may express our love that they may view as hypercritical, but it's because a wound that we have to heal when being in relationship to ourselves. And, um, and just also paying attention to all the different ways in our lives that this, it's a wound that this wound of perfectionism, you know, plays itself out. Um, whoo, sorry, y'all. I didn't expect to get. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry, but I just didn't expect um, to get emotional, but I'm not sorry about it. So let me not. Let me not. Um, (sighs) Wow. So at the end of this, too, because I do want to share this, she shares a few ways to practice letting go of perfectionism and (laughs) When I read the first two, I was like, sis, are you in the room with me? Are you in my life? Because these are actually two ways that I kind of instinctively and intuitively intuitively began doing to tell this perfection, like this perfectionist voice, fuck you. Um, trying, try letting your house be a little messy when someone comes over. <laughs> Yo anybody out there understand like how much bravery that takes when you are like in this perfectionist loop and narrative but that's something that I do and even even for myself like if somebody wasn't coming over I would just allow my apartment to get a little messy to almost override that programming of nope you need to clean up you need to put this here that needs to go there I would just let my place get a little messy so that I could see that I was okay When I let things go, when I let things out of my control, when I didn't feel like I had to measure up to some imaginary standard, even in front of myself. So that practice was really profound for me. Make the art, write the post, or share the unformulated, imperfect creation. Hello, I've been telling y'all that this is what my podcast is. Not waiting for my vocals, for the resources to have my vocals mixed and mastered. Not waiting for my intro music. Not waiting for every single thing to be together and formulated and perfect before I released my podcast. I would have never released it. I would have never released it. Dance uninhibited to music you love. Absolutely. Remind yourself it's okay to make mistakes. Give yourself permission to have feelings like rage, anger, hate, and sadness without judgment. 
How many of you all resonate with that where you feel like the way that this perfectionism wound shows up for you is in you refraining from showing and sharing your human emotions and not because you fear the emotions, right? That's another thing. But because simply if you show that you're no longer uh, the one that has it all together, you're no longer you know, the one that other people lean on, the one that other people come to, the one that, you know, is, again, like buttoned up and has things together. Is that you? Is that is that you, sis? Is that you, bruh? Ask a friend to help cook dinner if you're hosting a gathering rather than trying to do it all yourself. Listen to your body and make space for rest days and emotional ups and downs. Do something a little bit different with your routine or try a a new outfit that feels exciting and a little bit edgy for you. So those are just a few suggestions that she gives. But I really I wanted to read this passage because I saw myself in it so deeply which means there are other people who will probably see themselves deeply in this. And this passage can serve as some refuge for you and also just to get your wheels turning of how you can pull yourself out of this perfectionism pattern and really love on and um, fall into the process of looking at and tending to this wound. You know, because it can be debilitating and detrimental into the relationship that you have with yourself and especially with others. So I uh, that's all I got today. I love you. You are doing the best that you can right now. You are opening yourself to more wisdom, to more insight, to more actualization of yourself and how you can grow personally and spiritually from compassionate self-awareness. Not self-awareness that leaves you feeling tired and less than and defeated and in comparison to other people that you feel are doing better or healing better than you. Not that type of self-awareness, compassionate self-awareness where you can see yourself, where you can pull back the layers, where you can unfold and understand that this is a part of the human journey You are not a bad person. You are not less than and you are enough all the time. You are not unlovable because there is something that doesn't meet your imaginary standard of perfect. It's an imaginary standard. You're lovable because you are. Okay, I say that to you and I say that to me. Take a deep breath. And enjoy the rest of your day. Love on yourself. Drink water. Eat some nourishing food. And just allow yourself to rest. And relish in your being. In your existence. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.
Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast, listening to me speak and helping to grow this full as human community. Before you tap out, remember to like, share and subscribe and rate us five stars. Gratitude in advance. And if you feel in froggy, share this. You can catch a screenshot of the podcast and share all your favorite gems on your social media platforms. Don't forget to tag me, Mel the Oracle. Check out the show notes for ways to stay connected with me and all the things. Again, thank you so much. I look forward to vibing with you again and we'll talk on the next episode. Hey, I know you're still processing another potent episode of the Full Ass Human podcast, but before you go... I want to invite you to come hang out with me on my show, Multi-Passionate Mastery. If you're someone who has a lot of talents and a lot of passions, and you don't subscribe to the idea that you have to choose just one thing in order to be successful, then you're going to love the conversations that we're having over there. And I'm not inviting you to listen to my show just so I can pump you up with empowerment content. You're going to leave with tangible tips and holistic approaches to common problems that multi-passionates face, like focus, prioritization, knowing how to choose what to start with first, and that type of thing. If you're not sure if the podcast is for you, you can start with the episode titled, Are You a Multi-Passionate Creative? Here's Five Ways to Tell. That's episode 38. So click the link down in the show notes or find Multi-Passionate Mastery anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hope to see you over there soon.